welcome back to Tea Time with Tea. I'm your host, Teresa, and today I'm joined with my guest, Karen Morrell, and my co-host, who you guys heard from before, Natalie Ramones. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Karen has such a lovely voice. Hi. <laughs> this is Karen's first podcast. But she has done, like, a, a panel in front of people. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, we were there. Yeah, we Thank did God I that event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole kept signaling the whole time. Karen, you go, you go. You <laughs> go, girl. Yeah, that was probably the only thing. Speaking like about, this. like, signaling and, like, supporting, this podcast is very special and important because we are dedicating this month to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And... You know, we already had Natalie on the show talking about mamitas and how the new generation and team is building the empire, which Karen is also part of and does her share of work there as well. Yes, we're all there, all our cousins. All there working all day. (laughs) All day, every day, literally. It's literally like 10 o'clock right now, guys, and we're recording this podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're in for good stuff. (laughs) Very dark stuff. That happened after 10 p.m. It is now the late, late show with tea time. With tea. All right, let's let's jump into it, though. As you guys know or may not know, um, Mamitas is very involved with a lot of things that are going on around the world. They're a very charitable organization as well. And you guys did, like, a few events already. For charity yeah we the, our first big event that we did for charity was when the hurricane happened in puerto rico which last year honestly we were literally all sitting around this this is how it happened we were all sitting around and i think i mentioned to karen we should do something either like like a food drive or something because exactly. i personally have a lot of i know a lot of people and i know a lot of people that could help and that could donate in like large amounts so like we should do it never in my life would i think the, our community was going to help the way they help. To the point, like, I ordered, like, these four massive boxes, and I'm, like, I'm going to have to return, like, two of these because what am I going to do with this? We had to order eight more. And then on top of that, a bunch of other small boxes that and we pallets. had, like, we and pallets. Of water I had this food, one, yeah. one, this one friend donate a whole trailer of water that we donated to Puerto Rico. So it was just amazing. Like, the turnout, the support of everybody, like, the community in general was just, like, amazing. And then that was our first thing that we did. And then we get involved with other organizations that do the same, that, that help out breast cancer. We obviously, right. it's very close and near to our hearts. We do a lot of stuff with different organizations that support the breast cancer cause uh, and stuff like that. So a lot of women events, like a lot of women empowerment. women empowerment events. My mom and her three sisters were a big part of this one event. And they were like the main guests in the event. It was just so beautiful. It was like about three hundred women, I think, that just are looking for like some sort of like guidance or something. Right. So we try to do stuff like that, you know, because the company is woman owned. Is a woman owned company, and they're just very present, very present, present yeah. and active in like yeah. making sure that they're speaking out. They try to be things. now, but they're very much on vacation a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Susan we joined. I think it was last year. It was a breakfast they made for it was breast cancer awareness. Yeah, that's the first event that we actually participated in. So it was kind of close to our heart because we found out around the same time that two of our family had breast cancer around the same month. No, it was about the same week. Remember we found out? Yeah, it was like well, we found out one week and a week later and we, we found out, out yeah, another one. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. 
Because it's not like now it's not only just one person that's going through it. It's the entire yeah. family. Yeah. And yeah. then to find out it's like two people from your family it that has very it. Hard. It hit everybody very hard. Because we're such a close family. Like we all work together. It's my mom, her sisters, her brothers, and then it's all of us. So when something happens to one of us, like we all feel like it happens to us. It's so unexpected too. Yeah, Nobody so expected that to happen. Yeah. I don't. I was already the furthest thing from someone's mind. Yeah, that that was hasn't happened to two people around the same time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Does cancer like run in your family, like in the genetics? It didn't. It, it like, didn't. It, my, on grandma's side, it runs, yeah. but it's like random cancer. So mm-hmm. it'll be like skin cancer or what was the other one? It'll be like very random. Nothing yeah. hereditary. The it was, fact, yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was nothing that you could catch. It was either they got it from the race from taking too much time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. and no cancers really in our family. So when my aunt got diagnosed. Diagnosed. Diagnosed, and then I got diagnosed afterwards. It was just very. Oh yeah, then I a year later, and I, I got diagnosed, and then yeah. it was just very weird. The whole thing was just weird because it has never happened before. So then when it happened, it kind of felt like a domino effect. Yeah. Like one, one, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, are you serious? Like that's insane. So I, it was tough. It was not only tough on my aunt or on me. It was tough on our whole family. Like our oh, yeah. whole. My, okay, I always said that my cancer affected my mom. And my dad and my brothers and my cousins and my aunts and uncles more than it affected me. Even my close friends, like, I was never too open with it. Because I knew that it affected everybody around me. So if I showed that it affected me, yeah, then I don't want, like, oh my gosh, she's breaking down. Like, you know, it's just like the last thing I needed was like yeah. that. But I would break down like at doctor's offices and I would break down when I'm by myself. You will never know the feeling until you're in those shoes. Yeah. No matter how, like, if it's like very, something that's, something that's very physical like mine, thank God. Or my, how my aunts did it. But it's something that's tough. And I think it just remains tough for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it doesn't go away. It. No, it doesn't. It just stays very... No, the shadow of it just yeah, like stays around. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're scared of it coming back. You're like or, scared of anything. Yeah. Like you're scared of anything. You're scared about taking any medication. You're scared of doing anything. Like my mom's sisters all are afraid of her. They don't want her to, like, to live her life. When my mom took it the complete opposite. She took it Yeah. Like Natalie said, I think everybody around took it harder than her, too. And she did. Yeah. She was very like, oh, that's life, you know, and we're going to keep living and it's, it's going to be okay. And my dad and everybody was, yeah. they're all devastated. But my aunt, Karen's mom, when she was diagnosed, I did not know she was that strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in my whole life, I would not bet that she was that strong. Yeah. But when we, when we first found out she had cancer, we obviously all went over. And she was, like, it was like somebody just told her that. Well, she like, has a cold. Or that something. she has a cold yeah. or something like the most like simplest thing in the world, and it was the whole time from the first day to her last day in like radiation. Yeah, it was literally that. It was that same attitude through all her surgeries because she had a really tough role. Yeah, she had a couple of surgeries. She had you and know things went wrong all the time. Versus yeah. my other yeah, arm, yeah. which was also tough, but her her process was a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. Yeah, well, but my she, aunt, she was in the what is it now? Yeah, like she, it wasn't as bad, I guess, because she didn't have any... Your other move. aunt? Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, she did get chemo and yeah. radiation, too. But yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it, and my aunt right now is, travels a lot, and she travels, she goes, her and husband go on vacation, now she does more things. Like Karen's mom? Yeah, Karen's no, mom, like... yeah, Karen's mom. Well, she's been gone since uh, July, like back and forth. She was gone for like a month and a half, came back, Yeah. left again for her birthday. Has she been working at the... No, no, she's never. Right. She's, she's just, just like, she's a stay-at-home yeah. mom. Yeah. But no, now her and my dad are living life like, oh, you don't know when 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 your life is over. Yeah. So he said, you know, they're gonna live with that attitude. How mm-hmm. did it affect you? Like when you found out, like 
your mom has cancer. Because knowing you, like, I also, like, know, like, you're a very headstrong, strong personality, and you don't let anything really bother you. I think you, I was the only so one that wasn't like, crying in front of her. Because everybody else was crying. Yeah. Oh, my God, So I kind of took it, like, well, you need to... If everybody else is kind of breaking down, you have to kind of be the one that's not. That doesn't, yeah. And literally, we were, like, running the next day, like, trying to find out what she has to do, what doctor she had to go to. It was, and it was like a mess. Everybody was a mess. My dad was a mess. You can't even speak to my dad. And you know what? I don't like also that not even the focal system is easy. Like the doctors, the procedures, oh, they don't yeah. make anything too easy for you. Like it should be like somebody's literally going through a situation. But it's just like the process of it. I think the process of it is more draining than the actual thing. Is it like finding like the right doctors? The, finding the right or... doctors, finding the right options, finding the right... What do you, you want to take? You what, what you think is gonna work for you? Who's opinion do you really listen to? It took the first is when I first got when I found out my mom wanted to fly me out to DR the day of. Yeah. To meet with the best doctors for my situation. Right away she wanted to leave and I'm like listen no. It's it easy. scary. When my aunts like their role was a lot tougher than mine. It was just a lot. She was in doctors every week. They were both like every single week, and it was like because I went through it for some time, but they went out. They went through it for like almost a year each of them. Yeah, so it was tough. But you know, my mom, uh, it was tough because she we didn't know where what what direction to take, and we were like, well, we need to get together. And thank God, like the doctors that she had, like pointed her and I guess in the in the direction that she needed because then that doctor, the oncologist, facilitated everything else. He got her like. They're like, there's no insurance that's going to cover this. They're like, you know, there's no amount of money that someone can have that's going to cover all these surgeries. Because they told her right away, oh, it's stage 2B, I think. And um, they were like, oh, you need a mastectomy. Because it wasn't even a lepectomy. It was like, well, it, I think it was like 4 millimeters, the mass. So they were like, we need to remove every breast. If we only remove the lump, it's still going to take a big chunk out of it. We, that doesn't guarantee that's not there somewhere else. It's so scary. And they told her, like, yeah, we're doing it, like, if we could do it next week, we're doing it, like, next week. Yeah. And my mom was like, what? And they were like, she literally went from a week from being normal to, like, the next week, like, oh, you need to go, like, plan your surgery. And the whole thing about her being approved, it was so, we need to get, like, insurance actually covered it. And it was like, oh, which doctor? She had to see, like, a plastic surgeons, two oncologists, and she was just like, and they were like, well, they, they kept telling her though from the beginning, like, trust us, you're going to be okay. You're not going to die from this. They were like, most people die, I think, um, of the actual um, like mental problems that they start yeah. getting because they start thinking, I'm going to die. They like, people hear cancer and they think, oh my God, my life is over. Like, that's you it, know? yeah. And my mom didn't take it like well, that. Well, my doctor told me, yeah. I, I had the... I had the jackpot of cancer when yeah. he broke it down no, to no, me. No. I don't know how great. Yeah, that was a nice <laughs> Okay. You know, but he's my type yeah. of guy. Yeah. Because if I was him, I probably would have broken it down the same way. But it goes back to what Karen says, is your mental state of mind. Yeah. I had an amazing support system. My family, my friends, everybody around me was just very supportive. If I needed help with something, if I didn't understand something. My two aunts were phenomenal. They would just tell me, like, what to expect. What's next? And I met a lot of people through the road, you know, that were very That helpful. are also going through the same going through thing. situation. Yeah. That, you know, have more knowledge than you do because they've been doing through it. Through it, yeah. yeah. You know? I remember the girl we met in the cheesecake record. Oh, we were, scar. Well, we she's were, a 90 scar. No, the whole thing, it was yeah. so, I felt kind of, at first, I felt kind of, like, very mean. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking about it. And, you know, my scars on my neck. And before, I used to kind of hide it a little bit. But mm -hmm. now, I just don't hide it. 
but I also don't feel 100% comfortable talking about it unless like I'm really close to you. So I have people like random people come up to me all the and time. And now the entire podcast. Yeah, now been- and I have people around me. Because I actually didn't even talk about it last time I was on. No, like, like we, the last... We, like, named, like, I was sick, but... We, yeah, so let's talk about that, actually, because mm-hmm. the last time Nat was on the podcast, we were talking about her being sick, and I'm very private. Yeah. And, like, by doing the podcast, I'm like, no, I want people to be able to relate to me, so that means, like, I have to open up a bit. But that doesn't mean I have to make my friend, like, put her on the spot to, like, yeah. talk about, like, her problems. Yeah. So I'm just very, like, impressed that you're doing this right now. So, I I mean, Karen's here. So the whole mm-hmm. thing, Karen was friend role to my whole thing. Yeah. There wasn't, I don't remember what appointment she didn't go to. I don't remember what appointment, what she didn't drop for her, like, for me not to go along somewhere. Yeah. And me and Karen fight a lot. And I want to, we want to choke each other, but... I think to the day I die, I will be eternally grateful to her. Because if it's a person that saw me, they're breaking down, it was her. And if it's something that, it's tough. Because it's just like, you can't sit there and explain to somebody what to expect. Yeah. Because no matter how severe it is or how severe it wasn't, I think the toughest part for me was my dad and my brothers and my mom. I think that that was the hardest part. Because you know why he also felt guilty about it? I don't know why I say guilty because my mom had just bought another house and she was so excited for this house. So you feel like you were and it almost... just all happened at the same time. Yeah. It was supposed to be something. So yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be this time of our lives where my mom bought her second home, where like it was like one of her dreams come true, and her daughter got cancer. Yeah. So I felt like she wanted to be happy, uh-huh. but she <laughs> she's so careful. She's so thunder. Thanks. No, no, I'm saying that. I, don't know. I guess that's what she's trying to say. That she felt like she's so thunder. So, so like, yeah, like, yeah. So I felt like, I, to an extent, I felt that she felt guilty being mm-hmm. happy at that point. Like I could just imagine the day I buy a house, I'd probably be like, I would be like. You know, you get what I'm saying? I'll be like yeah. screaming out my lungs. It's, you know, it's a dream for anybody, especially with my mom that came from basically nothing. Yeah. You know, for her, my mom, for her to accomplish so much things, and I just felt so bad because I knew she couldn't, and I never even like spoke a lot about it because I just felt like she really can't be happy. And How did you overcome that? I like, to this day I still struggle with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was very private with a lot of things. I yeah, was she very doesn't like, she doesn't like talking about it. I was know. very private. I go to therapy, and I. And I've always been, like, an advocate for therapy. And my closest friends that I, I even told them, like, told, I was like, why am I hiding this? And I only really told my close group of friends. Like, right. I go to a therapist. But when my cancer happened, I visited my therapist on a weekly basis when I was only seeing her, like, once a month or something like that. And it became, she became such a big piece of my life. She was somebody I talked to, but she became such a component of my life through my whole thing. And nobody knows her but yeah. me. So then I, w- I became very open with therapy. Because I through therapy, I'm realizing a lot of different things. And I'm realizing, and I, maybe because I'm in a different stage in my life, now I take therapy to another, to I take another it. Another level. Another level. Like, yeah. I'm very, like, I always say to somebody, if there's somebody there that can help you, you know, there's somebody there that can just kind of, like, guide you through guide something you, that you don't that you don't that not that yeah. you don't know but that you just don't know what to do yeah so for to have a person that you could go to and kind of feel like they're biased too yeah and like, like you know but not even biased so like i know that 
we have uh I mean, they're obviously biased, we're a patient a patient like, doctor relationship. Right. But I didn't I can't talk mm-hmm. to my cousin, tell them that I'm breaking down and make it to my cousins or to my to anybody. Oh, I don't feel this way today. Because I didn't want to put them down. I don't want to put my family like through something. So I had to depend on this person where I could break down to, where I could feel as vulnerable as I can because I couldn't do it to my family. Right. To this day, like my family like will get so mad at me. Even Kathy, for example. Mm-hmm. So after my surgery, like Kathy will go crazy if I went somewhere without a scarf so I don't get sick. And she would like, she saw a picture of me. I was wearing a leather jacket. I remember it was really cold outside. She right away texted me. It's so cold outside. What the hell are you doing with a leather jacket? Oh my God. Go put a scarf on, you know. Because, yeah. you know, we have such an amazing friendship. So if Kathy felt like that, imagine how my mom felt. Imagine how my cousins felt. Imagine how my no, we brothers saw it, all the time. it was very it tough. Was your so, you know, like I, I used to wear a Band-Aid that, on my neck. I have my godmother's very thin, even with my scar today. Mm-hmm. And I don't scar easily. So that's why you can see it so much. Yeah. So one night, we one day we go out to eat as a family. And I was just mentioning it to my cousins. So Karen, actually, Nicole and Susan that were with me, I was just like, oh, um, I'm so tired of people asking me about my scar. Like, this lady randomly comes up to me. She's asking me on my scar. Like, come on, I don't even know you. Like, why are you asking me on my scar? Yeah. And then we just all started laughing. And the girl, a waitress, heard me saying that. And then she looked at me. And then, like, I'm, she said, I know, I'm so sorry. But what happened to you? Like, why do you have that scar? <laughs> and I explained to her. I'm like, I have cancer. And then I removed my thyroid. And, that. and she's like, yeah, I have cancer. And I'm getting my surgery in two weeks. And I'm so nervous. And I'm so scared because I don't know what to expect. That's so crazy. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, I felt like shit. Mm-hmm. Like completely, excuse me. Like I felt so bad. So we exchanged the numbers, and I literally, to this day, we still text. Like we'll t- we'll text each other randomly. And I have her on Snapchat, and she's younger than me. She's so young. Remember? She's so yeah. young, and she looks so healthy. She's so beautiful, and she just like through her Snapchat story, I just see like she has like this amazing spirit. Yeah. So you know. I helped her through it. I texted her the day of the surgery. We just talked a lot. And, you know, I, I, I felt good because I didn't really have a girl that I could go and talk to. I had to yeah. go talk to my doctor. So if there was a, a girl at my doctor's appointment like, and I asked yeah, her a question, you know, we'll talk for like five. We didn't, didn't exchange numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, she would text me and I would be like very helpful like as much as I could help her. And I think it was just, I think it was like kind of like. It was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it like you you like put your story out there in a situation where you didn't want to like talk about it, but then yeah. eventually it ended up helping someone else. Yeah. And I'm sure like that person is like super grateful to have you and to go through the process. I think you're. I think people are people and things are meant to happen to you. I don't yeah. think anything happens just because it happens. Like randomly. And, like randomly. I don't believe in like oh you met this person randomly you just have, no things happen. It's not going yeah it's not coincidence when it comes to stuff like that. So I was glad that I was able to help her. And I was one of the lucky ones. I had, my cancer wasn't so advanced. I caught it very early. And uh, I had an amazing support system. And I think that's what helped me most. It's yeah. just like, it was that. It was so random. It was she so found random. out like, about it by mistake. By mistake, yeah. I completely found out about my cancer. She switched doctors. It was, I switched. imagine? <laughs> I had switched. You know why I switched? That's, Let me tell you why I switched. Let me tell you why I switched. Because I'm so entitled. To everything. I was mad at my original doctor because he couldn't take me the day I wanted him to see me. Oh. And I was like, well, you don't oh, want to no. see me. 
So I'm gonna get myself a new doctor. I'm gonna get someone who works. Well, he'll give you an appointment for a few months. Who does? No, that? but he gave me an appointment for a year. I'm, I'm saying, and I was like, are you insane? You're gonna die before you. I'm like, I could yeah. possibly die, and I'm like, I haven't been to a doctor. <laughs> I need you to like so see long. me. That's crazy. And I literally, I told Karen, I'm gonna call Karen. Like, can you believe that this guy gave me like an appointment for like a year? Like literally after my birthday. I don't even think I'm gonna be because we're gonna be we're gonna be in the office for the holidays. Yeah. So I decided to switch my doctor. I decided to just I, was like, I switched it and. She just obviously wanted like brand new blood work test. She wanted everything. And she was like, something came out normal. So she sent me to a specialist. And that's where I went. That's where I met my fabulous. She was like, I just wanna my fabulous doctor. And he was just key to everything to me. Like he guided me through the whole thing, introduced me to my surgeons. And he told me, and then he was like, Listen, we're gonna get this test and that tested. Oh, and while you're there, get this tested. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I go. I spend my day there, and I noticed that why the person they they like move you from room to room. I don't know if you you've been inside with your mom. I don't where? know if you've been inside to like the where they send you like the MRI. It's like what they do the MRI. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. if you've never been there, it's literally like different sections. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna go do more than one test, like they sit you here in the waiting room. So they have like 500 waiting rules and then they have like where you go. And, you're like, yeah. you're and then yeah, you're, you're down and yeah. you keep moving around from things. And I noticed that all my other ones were really quick. So I got to my my next ne- one. Yeah. And the, there was two people in front of me that were very fast. Like the most they stayed there was literally like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the same lady was doing them. Like the same lady was testing them. So when it was my turn, I like I had my watch on. I'm noticing that it's taking like uh, a lot of time. Yeah. So I kept on like, why is it so long? Then she called somebody else. And then the person came and did, redid the whole test again. So I was like, why did, I was literally there for like half an hour. And I'm like, why am I here for, so I already had like a bad. Like vibe. Like a, a bad vibe from him. Yeah. So they told me I was going to have like the results in a couple of weeks. They couldn't tell me nothing. My doctor had to speak to me. Mm-hmm. We ended up leaving to DR. I ended up leaving for like a month. Remember? So when I got back to New York, I had a voicemail that I had to call him. And he told me over the phone. Mm, it's rough. How does one take, like, Karen? I still remember, like, um, the first person I told was my mom. And I remember that she was in our, the house, in in our old house. And I ran downstairs. So my mom never cooked upstairs in the first floor. Mm -hmm. She always took it because she didn't want to dirty her kitchen. So Mm -hmm. she, I ran down the stairs. And I stood in the stairs because something stopped me from going straight to her. So I was literally talking to her from across the room. Mom. She's like, what? <laughs> and like, literally, she's like, what? When you, you know, when you, like, you scare her easily? And I'm like, mom, I have cancer. I've never seen my mom's, like, like complete whole thing. Like, she just dropped mm-hmm. everything. She's just like, and off the bat, she went back to herself. Don't worry. We're going to go see the best doctor in the DR. I'm like, first of all, we're not going to the DR. It's Take crazy. it easy. It's crazy because that's like the, when mom got that right away. Yeah. They all told her, my aunt, Natalie's mom, over yeah. to take a flight and go to the DR because we have a... Um, What's this thing in DR? Well, we're like, well, we're we're like, like, in the family. Okay. The, DR. the oh, best yeah. one, the best one yeah. in like, DR. Like in, okay. It's this study in Mexico, so that's a specialty. In, so he's really big on that. So then they figured out oh, he knows somebody, mm-hmm. like better doctors. and But then her doctor here told him, why would you go leave New York to go to... Yeah. If you have something to do with cancer, why you go to the Dominican Republic? New York has more advanced stuff than... Technology. Yeah, they're like, right. why would you... Yeah. Do? And then everybody's like, yeah. And I was very comfortable in New York because 
when my aunt Melina was going through it, she actually had surgery because my other aunt didn't have surgery. So I would go to my aunt Melina and like kind of just go by like or like what she was saying, what was making her comfortable. But even though we had, it was two different types of cancers. My aunt was a little bit more advanced than mine was. Right. We guys literally went. I think through the same steps. We yeah. went almost through uh-huh. the same steps. So only a little bit. So I, yeah. and she was getting surgery, and I was getting surgery. So I felt that connection. I felt like whatever she it's did, like I could late. do yeah. because she came out good at the end of the day. So, I mean, when my Aunt Melina was diagnosed, I remember when Karen called me to tell me, I like literally dropped the phone. Like, and I, I was in bed, I remember, and I was, I like stopped breathing for a little bit because I'm just like, what? Yeah, like you how, don't want to believe like it. Like what? Because my aunt Gladi had just got diagnosed days before that. Yeah, and the crazy part was, mom, my mom felt a lump in her breast for three years. Yeah, oh and the doctor God, kept saying, "Ladies, if you feel a lump in your boobs, please go check and she, it and out." My, I would bother my dad the most because my mom was very like, you know, "Oh, things that were meant to happen." My dad was very like, "No, how yeah. responsible." You felt a lump for three, but my dad was like, maybe it was someone that didn't go get mammograms. Or my mom went twice a year because she always felt like, well, there's something weird. Yeah. Like, and it was nothing little. It kept growing. And then they kept saying, oh, you're, you're um, like, oh, it's just non, non-cancerous um, masses that you have. Like, you know, the mammograms. And then we find out a bunch of stuff after all this. Then her own doctor, the one that was checking her, when, um, because she felt like, oh, it's deforming my breast. I see it coming out already. So right. she told her general doctor, like, well, my gynecologist keeps doing mammograms and they keep saying, oh, it's weird. And then they do another one. Oh, no, it's fine. It's just like my, it's like non-cancerous masses. She told the, her, her general doctor, well, I don't know. I need to check this like another way because I don't think this is normal. Right. So then that doctor was like, go get a biopsy like that same week. And then the biopsy came the next week saying, yeah, it was cancer. So when she goes back to her gyno, the guy that knew about it, but through, he was like surprised, like, "Oh, what do you mean? Like, you've been feeling that lump for a while, like?" And mm. we're like, "Are you kidding me?" Like we've been telling you. And then he was like, "Well, it's a test that we sell, like the mammograms." But then everybody's like, "As a doctor, I think if that kept coming up as a problem, mm-hmm. you should have done something else." Yeah, but I feel like I figured, like I always said to Karen, that's so weird because your doctors, are, like, it's the last person to tell you, like, "Oh, it's fine." Like you know, they're supposed to test you. It, it, that's what hurts my dad so much because yeah. he really, he says it's such a responsibility of him. Right. And then when we went to, you know, the cancer center, they were like, well, they were looking at all, because that's all in her history. They're like, well, why did he didn't do that two years ago? Ooh. From the beginning, it is his fault that it got to that stage. And my mom would be like, well, I don't know. I kept going to him. And and they were like, you know, mammograms don't detect cancer. They just detect masses. So they're like, yeah. a lot, they, they don't tell you that. Kind of causes don't tell you that. No, absolutely You have not. to, like, keep bothering yeah. about it. And then the, the thing was... Um, they were like, yeah, you need to ask for a biopsy if you feel like they should say it. If they're not doing it, you should have asked the one. Right. Because they were like, you know, that doesn't detect cancer. That only detects masses. So... You could have cancer the whole time with like a little mass and nobody would ever even test it ever. So how would you go about, and I don't know if you know this or not, but how would you go about detecting cancer or like testing cancer? Well, because I know they they check if that runs in your family. That's Mm -hmm. like, you know how they ask you those questions? That's why they ask you all that? But then they're more on top of like, oh, we got to check you a little further. For ABC. Yeah, yeah. and then, because I know when we, like her oncologist, was, she had two. And she had a really young one. And, uh, you know, the older one, that was the, the, the surgeon. And he was, um, the one that she's younger, she was like, um, you know, so my mom, asked me all the questions that you have. So my mom was just there for like an hour and a half, just to ask her questions. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll be like in every appointment because like then I will have to translate because she only speaks Spanish. Your mom only speaks yeah. Spanish? Yeah. So then really? everything yeah, I had I to go. Know that. I this went, world needs more people of Karen. She literally was in every, <laughs> in every appointment. Every appointment it was me. So I, I thought, I think I became a doctor at one point. And like, Karen would know my stuff better than I would know my That's stuff. That's so crazy. And then she would explain to me like how things work. Then she would be really upset. That, like she would be like, I don't know, I'm a doctor and I can't say you're in Texas. I'm really upset that this could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. The way I'm That's looking, she looks at like all the paperwork and she's like, this all, this was coming up for three years. Why wasn't this checked before? She didn't have to remove, like, and leave the breast because, or the, my mom's so thing, like, she would never blame the doctor for her, nothing. Well, like, it's not blame, but I think he should take the blame that he was irresponsible about it. Right. Then he tried to play it off like it wasn't his fault. Like, either when, like, you know, she didn't confirm about it, but she went and told him, like, oh, this came back, like, positive. And I, I don't know, to this day, I think he felt, like, very guilty because he's the one that kind of, like, told her, don't worry, like, I'll get you, like, one of the best oncologists, I know him, and blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he did do a lot of stuff for her, but I right. know, in a way, I feel like to the day, that was his guilty conscience of him knowing, like, wow, maybe, maybe he was a, you know, he's too busy. He didn't, yeah. I'm not, I'm saying he's human. Right. We all know that. I wouldn't say, oh, my God, you, that he wished anything bad upon her, but I think if you're a doctor, and your responsibility is to, if I can't do something and stop taking someone's patience or do something. Right. Or get help. Because if you go see him, it's ridiculous. We all know him, because, like, the whole family goes to him. Does the whole family still go to him? No, we don't. Some of them still do, but like, you know, because he's a really nice doctor. But he's a really good he's doctor. He's really good, but mm-hmm. at the end of the he's day, he's extremely like, busy. Right. If you need an emergency, busy. like, you, you can't come to see him. You, can't see him. you have to go see another, the brand new doctor. That is insane. And then, you know, it's, it was hard because she, um, we didn't know anything about them. Like we said, I think things like that touch you, but you learn about them when they touch you. Yeah. You know, you hear about breast cancer. But I think the last thing you think is someone if, when it doesn't run in your family. Yeah, that's exactly like, oh, yeah. what it like, is. You're like, oh, that's the last thing in your mind. Yeah. We looked at what was like the Christmas before that. that everybody yeah, was like everybody in did. another world. And then that year, last year, it literally turned it that wasn't family the same. upside down. It wasn't the same. Everybody was crying all the time. Everybody, yeah, everybody, Everywhere. Everybody. Every time we did something, everybody was I crying. I remember my uncle, my, my uncle parents' dad, my mom. It is, he is like the family calm right. so my funny. uncle oh, is like his sense of humor is crazy his sense of humor is like crazy so every time you want to laugh my, uh, go to my uncle my uncle's gonna make you laugh like mm-hmm. he's always like the the joker the, yeah. you know the joker like you he, when you walk into a room he's gonna have the whole room laughing that's right. what he is and oh, yeah, i remember <laughs> seeing him ball like a baby ball like a baby like literally like he was like you know when you take like a kid's favorite toy and, and like he's like, just like crying End of the world. And I've seen my mom's crying because it just, it affects everybody. What? It affects, because I just like. I think everybody told me, Karen, uh, well, I'll give me Karen. Karen was a strong, I guess <laughs> Karen, Karen was Karen, you because they're like, damn, like, you have no I, I used to sound like, you're okay, like, I feel like you're not crying. I never cry in front of her. I did cry, but I wouldn't cry in front of her. And I, everybody would cry around me and I'd be like, you know, get it together. You guys are not making it. Not making it yeah. easier. Because, like, not I know, I was in my room, sitting down, and my cousin comes in, like, <laughs> Karen. Oh my God, come to the living room. And I'm like, what? And she's like, come, your mom needs to talk to you. And she's like crying over you. I'm like, what, what happened? But the last thing in my mind was like, it was something like that. I just went with her. My dad, and, my dad and me went to get the biopsy with her. Right. And we were there. The last thing, you know, my dad was actually praying. Like, which I know, biopsy is one yeah. of the most yeah. painful things. And if it doesn't biopsy. work, they have to do it again. Because like, oh, the thing yeah. is, they could do it. And it's like, the no, worst work. pain I ever is saw. Is it like they're... Life. They're scalping. No, yeah, that needle. It's, it's, or, it's, well, those are like 
for those things, and my mom's still the breast, it was like a needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the needle's so fat because it needs to take a piece of and the mask. And then they kind of drill it in you. Like you so they makes a hole. Like it makes a hole. Like literally, it like pokes a hole. Cold blood. Because they only put yeah. the guy said, "I'm gonna numb you." He like slapped the. Like, came out like fucking out. Like, I was I crying. Know. I was crying like a, like a baby. And I, like, I never been afraid of needles. And I remember telling my aunt after when she said, "Yeah, that, that's like the worst part. The worst part of it all is like the biopsy. Like it's so painful." But again, to what I said earlier, I've never met somebody so strong like my aunt. I know she, and then it was her. It was like it was like we were like, "What the hell's going on?" Because she'll be like, "They'll give her like, oh, good news, right?" Like, "Oh, she, you know, you caught on time." Yeah, you're gonna get a. Uh, so you were like hoping, like you were like in your room just casually. Oh yeah, when I went, and then like, I go in the living room, I'm like, "What's going on?" And I see my mom there, and my dad's there, and boy, like get a heart attack. I'm like, "What happened?" She goes, "Oh, they call me right now." The doctor called her on the phone and told her the other doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, come see me, but your thing came back like positive for cancer. That's crazy. At that, my mom was driving when she told her. My mom came home and then told us. Yeah. My mom, she was like, where are you? And relax. Like, take this easy. You're not going to die. Yeah. You know, we could still fix this. And she came home and told my, told my dad and my sister. I mean, we were like, what the? Like, that was the last thing I thought. You know, you'd think like, oh, it's going to come out fine. Like, always. Like, you're hopeful. And then we didn't even know it was still that stage. And then when she met with the oncologist, he was like, yeah, you need to remove like your whole breast. Or both. That's crazy. And then she was like, what? And then he was like, yeah. And she was like, what? And he's like, oh, like, we, we can next week. She was like, what do you mean? It was like May. And then he was like, well, we can't waste time on this. Like, the longer you wait, the longer that grows. And it spreads. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, we remember we had a trip for Europe plan? So then I felt like super, like, guilty. Because we had a whole plan trip we for were Europe. Planning, we, planning, we had, like, a... A good amount of time planning this trip. Like a year, we had right? like a year planning. Yeah. Yeah. With Susan's graduation. Yeah. For college. And like, we were there for two weeks. Yeah. So then I felt like guilty already, like saying, like, wow, this came at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was me and my sister who were supposed to go. So then we were like, what it was do we just do? the cousins. This yeah. Trip? No, no, it was no, my was... my mom and her three sisters, and their no, daughters, was... and Karen and Thing. Yeah. What's the girl? What's the girl thing? And and then um so then I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I just stay? Because it was like already in June, and we were going through all this stuff. And they're like, well, no, because the surgery, anyways, is gonna be out, like after in July. It's not yeah. gonna take care of the place now because the insurance and all that stuff has to approve it. And you have to get all these tests done and whatever. My dad was like, my mom told me go. I was like you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fine. Like, you, when you come back, then I'll plan the surgery for that week that you come back. They planned the surgery for the day after I got back. I literally got back from Europe, and then I felt so guilty over it. I remember yeah, it was my birthday in July. My birthday was in um, July 6th, in the beginning of July, and I just felt so bad because then I was. I don't know, at one point, she, we were at the. Can I say a story? Yeah, no, I don't care. Um, we were having, we planned like this nice dinner for her, and everybody got dressed up. We all, it was like, oh, it was so nice. It was like on the terrace on it top. It was on the terrace yeah. on top, yeah. And, and I remember seeing her face, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And she was like, oh, nothing. So I was just like, that's weird. And then I see that she gets up. And she leaves the table. And Karen's not like that. Mm-hmm. Karen's not like very like she just like very. She bundles a lot of things up. Like yeah. she like she's like uh, I don't want to take a bath because she never really explode. But she doesn't really say how things are. Like I know her. That's why I can kind of tell. But this time I really didn't know because we were on vacation. And I was just like, what's wrong with Karen? It's like you try to live in the moment, but then home, it hits she you. She plays back in your head. Yeah. So I get it. Like I mean. Listen, she was, she was, she, this was a tough cookie because I think I'm tough for a lot of things, but when it comes to stuff like that, then I'm just not. Yeah, that wasn't even reality. I feel she, like we came back, and then that's when everything, like, it was like, you know, 
literally the spinning thing for like that it's year. Like the that reality came is like no, and it just didn't it. stop. Yeah. I got back, and they were like, "Oh, she's gonna massage me tomorrow." And I go. Wait, my aunt had multiple surgeries. Was it like non? It was like no. It was like, yeah. Every, it was supposed every to be month, one, something was going on. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be one surgery, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it just went downhill she got a after the first surgery. She got a mastectomy, and then the mastectomy they put an implant, an right. expander. They, but they said that's the only way to do it. Like, you know, people would think, oh, it's cosmetic. No, the, the surgeons were like, you have to think already what, what you're going to do after. And the only way to do that is to plan ahead. Right. And they're like, so, you know, you won't have to get another surgery. They put the expander right away. And then, like, a month later, they're like, oh, they're, you have to come. And we have to fill it with, with saline. You know, it's water. But every time we wanted, they filled it up. And then they started noticing that it wasn't growing. It wasn't getting bigger. Right. And then when they checked again, they're like, oh, it's popped. It's not working. We're gonna oh have to remove God. it. When they remove it and then like, they put a new one, they're like, oh, we're gonna have to start from scratch. I thought she's already been to that clinic, bro. Like, you already have gone like nine or like, ten times to get like, injected already. And I was like, you know, she was already with her, with her breast removed on top of that, getting getting it pumped. And then everybody was like, you know, like, well, she doesn't need to be doing that now. And the doctors were like, well, that's the way to make that tissue expand. You have to do it like that. Like because if you wait yeah. for a chemo and um, radiation interferes, you have to do it before. We didn't understand that process, so we were going through it. We are like, well, you know, we thought like you could wait, and they explained to us. No, if you don't do it that way, it gets to a point where you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You have to implant tissue. It's not, it doesn't work like that. So that's why we do it the way that we do it. Again, like, we thought everything was going good after, yeah, that was our second surgery, like in a matter of two months. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, it popped again. That's it's insane. not working. And then you see like a bunch of doctors showing up, like four. At the, That's the scary part when they yeah. bombard you. Because then they started and they got scared, I guess, the second time they were injecting. Because they were like, oh, we got to make sure like something happened. No. And then they start seeing like, you know, oh, everything's fine. And then the third time they're like, oh, it's not, it hasn't grown. It actually looks like it got smaller. What was like the issue? It's, it's it was the, just... the doctors. They would put people they would that just... weren't the, the people, the most professional. Her getting surgery, like we would all be there after like, Everybody would be in the waiting room, regardless yeah. if they were gonna let us see it or, or, or not. We were there, and it got frustrating to the whole family because you're like, "Are you are you kidding me?" Like you know, like how how, how much how irresponsible can you be they're as like, a doctor? Yeah, because they'll say, "Oh, those are the chances that you could take," and they're like, "Yeah, but this is the second time that this is happening." Yeah, and then the the whole thing was like that she had to start chemo at the same time. They were like, "Well, you have to start chemo." So the first round of chemo was fine. They should have to take three. So mm-hmm. it was one every month. Well, yeah, once a month. Yeah, basically every three weeks, and it was three doses. But um, her second round, it gave an allergic reaction. And she just like started blacking out, and it was just oh super scary too. Because we were like, we were just having a conversation, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And she started yelling like, "My mom's so dramatic and very like, loud, <laughs> very loud." She very so like the whole like cancer center, I think, stopped. Like she started walling out, and we're like, "Mom, I would pay to be there." That and you know, like, and, and I'm actually good no. in crisis, but I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah. And like, like 50 doctors showed up. And like, Remember the oh next day she just made a complete joke about yeah. it? Yeah. And, and she was telling the story. She's like, yes, I was like, yeah. I'm like, what? And they were like, well, we don't even know now because now we have to see if you're not allergic to it. So it was that. On top of like, then her hair started falling off. It's like literally one thing. They told me her hair's going to fall off and it literally yeah. happened like in a month she had no hair. Wow. Like, you know, she kept cutting it shorter and shorter. But, but she, she went like looked, that and like, side note, she looks fabulous right now. She has like the cutest boy cut. Mm-hmm. And it's like platinum blonde. I don't, I don't even know. It started growing back. Yeah, no, she had like a good, that. like a good hair. I don't even she know. How, hair. She like saw it was falling out. She took like a, like a, like a shaver and just shaved it off. She was like, hey, I'm just gonna shave it off. And I'm like, you think you could do it? She's like, yeah, why not? And she just took it in the bathroom and just. 
shave the rest of And I even told her she wanted me to cut my hair. I was going to cut it short. And I was like, I don't want to feel like an asshole, mom. Like, and she's like, <laughs> so like, she was like, no. Like, no, I don't want you to cut your hair. Like, don't feel bad. And we went wig shopping and stuff. Like, it was like, yeah, she bought like like five wigs. Oh my <laughs> Jesus God. She had blown away. Doctors don't even recognize her because she'll show up in a And different ways. They're like, oh my oh. God, you're taking And they'll tell her in the, in, the, in the center, like, oh my God, we haven't seen someone with the spirit that you have. And they were like, yeah. some lady came up to us. We literally went over there for like eight months, so she like knew us already. Yeah. And she'll be like, you're always with your mom. She's never by herself. And she'll be like, you know, i never seen you guys sad. Like, you guys are always laughing about something. My mom knew we were sitting there, like, you know, the guy. Like, that stuff would just laugh about stuff. She's like, I've never seen you guys ever sad. But like crying, the people come here very sad and everything. I remember yeah. that day I went with you guys. There was one day I actually went yeah. with them. It was me, her, and then my little cousin, Lizzie, oh, Karen. Oh, yeah, in the radiation place, yeah. And, then, and we were there, and my aunt, oh, my God, like, her spirits were always so high. And I remember when I walked into the room, like, they let us all go in, and then there's a locker room, and then you walk into a room where women have the same Issues. Issues are in yeah. the same situation. And then you could just see in their faces how, like, devastated. Or, like, they how, are, yeah. you know. And I remember, like, if there was 20 women there, there was, like, maybe four that were people. And my aunt had four of us. You know? And she was no, just so happy. Yeah. And then you see yeah. the women, and you're just... Yeah, like, they used to tell her, like, you're lucky so... that your daughter is with you. You know, someone is always with you. Because... Like, yeah, people have to go through this sometimes alone. They don't have any family. I think it it goes back. um, I feel like I've said this in previous podcasts, but it's that energy you put out, Mm -hmm. that's what you get back. Oh, that's so true. And for, like, your mom for being so positive and so strong, I'm happy she's doing well. She's doing fabulous right now. What's your biggest takeaway from the entire experience of your aunt going through it and your mom going through it oh, and no. Natalie going oh, through no. her that, life? That life is so predictable, so you shouldn't take anything for granted. Or life in general. You know, like, you, you always wait, like, oh, I want to do something maybe next year, maybe two years from mm-hmm. now, maybe in 10 years. People, There's people that don't even go on vacation because they can never do it. You can never do anything if you don't take out time to do it. Mm-hmm. If right. you don't take out time to see your friends, or to, next year it's not going to happen years. unless you do it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, but... uh. Don't don't wait for tomorrow because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Literally a day later might change your whole life. You don't even know it. Literally, we knew that because that happens like in our family. I think our lives went from like nobody caring about, it, not a single care, nothing, nothing like that. And then, like, wow, what do we do now? It's we, like a we, it's complete your, it's not your control. It's not in your hands anymore. Yeah. No, just be grateful for who you have in your life, and sh- and I guess show them. If you love them, tell them everything. My mom says that all the time. Like. Like you know, don't get mad at no one and not and not talk about it or or don't if you if you need to tell someone that you love them or just tell them she goes you don't know if you're not gonna have a chance to do that afterwards yeah you know and then you're gonna regret not saying something or not doing something like waiting for another chance you don't know if you're gonna get you don't chance. know if you're gonna get it so it's like act now yep. say say what you have to say now and live for today like we all I think we all. I mean, not that I think society right now is living very for today, yeah. but not for yourself. Everybody's kind of living for everyone else's approval, mm-hmm. which is not healthy at all, because I feel like you're not happy. You're pretending to be something that, 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 that we're, what you think society wants to see, like, oh, I'm perfect. And, and at the end of the day, most people are, I think the highest rate of depression right now is ever, is now. Yeah. And it's all because of social media, and people portraying. That's another thing. Like, oh, like my, my life is perfect. There's nothing going on. I'm not. I'm not a public person. I. I don't think I ever put anything 
I'll put pictures with my mom, but I wouldn't put it out there. Like, you know, oh my God, my mom has cancer. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People that like hit me up that I hadn't spoken to in years is because like my mom put something that she was getting chemo. Yeah. My mom is very, she's more Very open. socially. She's very social. <laughs> I'm not like my mom at all. So people wouldn't even really know until like, my mom even finished. Like, yeah. wow, I didn't know your mom was going through that because they, you know, you wouldn't even show that. And it wasn't nothing, but it was nothing to tell nobody. I'm just a bad person, and yeah. I'm not very. I think it's like I think it's the first time that both Karen and I both. I never really speak to yeah. it unless like, I like really I said, like a private conversation it, with right. you guys or a private conversation with my cousin, my family. But I don't speak to it outside. Look, like I didn't have yeah. tattoos, and that's the first tattoo that I got. The yeah, the breast cancer yeah. remnant, like in June, is because it was a year, yeah. right? exactly a year that she started going through that. And I did it on my. On my right hand, because it was her right breast that got removed, too. Yeah. And my, and we really thought, like, I, you know, I'm 29, but, like, my parents are, like, <laughs> my dad's whole thing about everything that we do. And I got home, and I'm laughing, because they're like, what were you doing? And I didn't want to tell them. Yeah. It wasn't that I was afraid. I remember being, meeting my partner to tattoo. Oh, but, yeah, but I was like, like, I'm not going to tell him, like, oh, my dad, I'm getting a tattoo, because he's going to be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're old. What the hell are you doing now? I'm getting a tattoo. Yeah. But I got home, and he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, showing it to him. And he was just like, oh. He actually took it like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. he had one. Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, that's so nice. My mom right away. Oh, my God, I want one. And I'm like, Mom, chill out. Because <laughs> she's know? just so... She's so... <laughs> she's so... I think she would never get old because her spirit, too, is like she's 20. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm like the old person in my family. They're both like two little boyfriends. You know, people say like, Karen, Karen, Karen should have been my mom's yes. daughter. And, and I should have been, been maybe that's what I was Karen's mom because like, they were exactly... You know, my parents so, still go clubbing. They go out. Like, yeah. I stay home and they're all clubbing. Like, it's so okay. They've to cause parties with me. They know more about <laughs> the clubbing lines than us. They, <laughs> they get home at 6 in the morning. Sometimes they're laughing. Like, where are yeah. you guys at? They're like, ah, having a great time. We, we're, like, such grandmas. We are it's grandmas. like, literally, it has to be an event for us to go out or else yeah. we're in bed at 9 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. So. And I kind of prime myself in that. But you know another thing that you said when we are taking away? Like, I've always been like that with my mom. If I want to buy flowers or something, I bring no, it to her. No, your parents very detailed. I've never been like, oh, it has to be a birthday or something. If I go out and I see something, oh, my gosh, you buy like that. I, I buy it for her. Yeah. My grandma was saying, don't bring people flowers when they die. Yeah, bring it to them when they're alive. Yeah. She goes, well, I, I see that. I love how, not, not love, but you know how she's very, my mom, my grandma, my grandma's very sarcastic. Yeah, grandma, yeah. And she's very like, like, oh, look all these flowers and someone died. Great. Did you ever bring your mom a flower when she was alive? Or? Yeah. So we make sure we that when she's flowers. in New York, you know, we, she loves flowers. We could go so. see her for dinner. Like that, and we had just thought we'll bring her flowers. Yeah. And like for her birthday, we'll like fill up a room of flowers. Oh, man. And, and, and then, like, yeah, with well, my mom too. I'm not only with that, because I've always been like that with her. Like, I get her presents, I get her yeah. a whole bunch of random stuff. But like, mm-hmm. if I, I'm always like that. Like, I'll be, I'll see flowers and I'll buy her flowers. And she's like that with me too. I don't know what it is about flowers to just picture in a way because it's like yeah. such a beautiful thing. I, I, I love flowers. And I don't know, it's not like, oh my God, you bought me like, you know, a hundred roses. It's not that. It's the fact that you remember someone and you brought them like Yeah, a it's like a thoughtful it's, gesture. It's a very thoughtful gesture. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I like the fact that it's like, for you girls to say like, you know, you don't have to wait for a birthday oh, or no, something like, bad to happen. Yeah. It's just like. I don't, I don't need a special occasion when it comes to things like that. I just, I don't know, I guess appreciate life and. We, I think we spend so much time now focusing on other things on your phone or things that are not even happening. You're missing life like happening right in front of you. Literally. There's things that go on in your phone and it's crazy. Just live your life. I think people need to stop comparing. When people say things humble you because I don't think it's people would take it as oh you were arrogant before or something. I don't think that I don't take it from that perspective. 
I mean, like, things happen to you and they humble you. Like, wow, you're just a sort of human being. Like, your life, just as you got it, you could lose it, like, just like that. Just like I that. think humble, like, yeah, you put your feet on the ground, and you're like, oh, slow down a little bit. Go, like, look how easily you could, like, not be here anymore. I think that yeah. for me, for, for how I took it, it was kind of like that, like, value it. Because I was just like, not that I didn't care, but I was just like, I don't about. Like just you know, but why not? I, I mean, I was I'm young. Everybody's young, but and you I know, but I, I think to yeah, an extent, to an extent I had to kind of just like because now you that now you like what she would enjoy would be different probably than what you would enjoy. Or what yeah, I would enjoy. sure. But but I don't think that's wrong because we are young. Like if you yeah. don't do whatever you kind of feel like doing selfishly now, what are you gonna, gonna do? Yeah, when you yeah. get older and have a family, I don't think it's that yeah. easy to be. Then you're like limited. Lastly, ladies. In terms of supporting breast cancer and awareness, what are you girls planning on doing in, we, in terms of like spreading more awareness? In terms of like what you girls are doing and mamitas in general is doing. Our whole thing, because I know that we spoke about it a couple of times before, is I think that in the states there's a lot of breast cancer support and um, awareness. Yeah, we're from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both born here. I'm half Ecuadorian. But and I was born over there. Are you carrying yeah. over there? Sorry, yeah. carrying over here. <laughs> but our roots are over there. So right. what we realized through this whole thing is that women there, people shouldn't die from breast cancer. And I think over there, they're dying because they're just not well educated. No, there's no resources. Well, well, yeah, there's, yeah. No, not, there's no resources, exactly. Then not a lot of people are educated on the subject. I think that our next big project will it will be it's creating a foundation that's actually ours instead of supporting not we're not gonna so we're not gonna stop our support to everything we've been right we supporting throughout these years but to just make do our own make yeah. make the change ourselves with us being more hands-on mm-hmm. and i think that our next step is going and i know my aunt melina's big thing is that it's just going to the republic and, and like creating something for women where they could go and they don't have to pay a dime uh, but they don't have to worry about a medicine. Right. And and that's the thing, because Mexico is a very poor country. And they don't, especially where we're from, I don't think women no, have. Uh, and even that I don't think, I know women don't have that type of resource. You, you know when you think, you, well, you think you kind of know what's going on, but then you have to kind of hear it from people. That, me and Susan went to, a, uh, that's the breakfast we went to last week I was telling you about. Right. And it was for breast cancer awareness, but it was like a Dominican community. But it was with the, with the councilwoman and everything, and yeah. I think the... President of Columbia University, she's Dominican too. They were all there speaking, and then some lady was there. Died from one day to another. She had like stage four. They told her she was gonna die. She was dying. Wow. And like literally, she said, "Oh my God, my." She showed pictures of like how she was and how the whole process like destroyed her. And her faith kept her kind of like alive. Like you know, she was like, "That's the only thing that I held on to." They were really, they were able to save her. Yeah. So she was like, um, she wanted to do something about it, and then they were, she got kind of connected with um. With the breast cancer, well, the only community that there is is like in in the capital, in the Dominican Republic. And she was like, you know how sad that is. Like over here, there's things, there's foundations, there's money. Mm-hmm. Like my mom didn't pay a dime for that, anything, actual resources. Anything. Here. She didn't even know there's funds here in New York that are cover everything. Even even uh, even bras, down to um, yeah everything weights yeah. um like you know the prosthetic boobs everything it gets covered. It's wow. just fun here for all that. Yeah. And then we find out when we're in that, like Susan and me, I don't know if Susan's crying. We were both crying when we heard the story because we didn't even know. They're, they're, the whole foundation was um, fundraising money. It was a walk last year too, to help them build a hospital because there's no hospitals. We didn't know that for cancer, it's just 
they don't care about it. They don't, not even care. They don't put it as much attention. Like over there, people die. If you have breast cancer and you don't have like money, you you would not get chemo. It's ridiculous. They won't give you none of that. You have to leave the country and get it here or get it somewhere else. Or get a visa to get help here. The foundation that we, well, the people that we met, they're creating a foundation for that. And it was to finish building a hospital just for women with breast cancer in the, yeah. in the capital. And that, you know, where they could stay and they won't charge them. And where they could actually get doctors that will donate their hours and not charge them. But it's so sad to think, like, you know, over here the doctors would be so thinking, like, oh, you're not going to die from that. You know, the, all the help is, is here. And over there it's like, well, we don't want to tell you because we don't have money for that. We can't help you. Yep. Yeah. And literally people are still dying from that. And we were talking about that, but that's, that's crazy that, that that we didn't know about any of that stuff till till it kind of touched it, us. Like, yeah. Touch, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it doesn't affect you until it's like right smacking you in the no. face. And my dad was actually saying that, that those are the things that he kind of wants to help help now. He was like, I wasn't even aware. And then the New York State had all this help. Yeah. He was like, and I and I feel like I want to help and contribute to things like and that. And give back in yeah. some way. Or yep. He says that all the time. That he's, he's like, I want to look into actually what what can we do to help. Yeah. Because I know that the, the monster center, the cancer center, yeah. you could donate like ambulances, you know, or, or, or donate something to help like people that are going through that. He was saying like, wow, like, you know, we don't think about all the people. Everybody kind of lives their day to day, you know, in their lives. And yeah. you're not really caring about anybody else because everybody, like, you're too busy living your life. But he's like, yeah. Then he's like, you sit back and think like, if all of this help wasn't available, like, how it, would how she survived all that? Yeah. And he was like, I don't even know what to say. This is not one of the best countries in the world that that yeah. literally they will you know they will save your life. Again, it just like puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you both for yeah, you. sharing your stories and talking about your mom and what Mamita's next plan is to help out with breast cancer. Oh, we're going to so. be in the walk, I think, it's October 21st. 21st. Yeah, the National yeah. Cancer. Yeah, everybody should sign yeah. up. Yeah. It's a really nice walk. Yeah. We did two walks last year, yeah. and they were both really, really nice walks. It was like a more Hispanic one, and then there was, was a, more. yeah, then, then, then the national, national one. one. Yeah. Thank you again, girls. And October 21st, the Breast Cancer Awareness Walk is going to be taking place. In Jones Beach. So be sure to go. And thank you for listening to Tea Time with Tea. Thank you, Tea. Thank, thank you. Thank you.